the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. And I'm joined now by my guest, Julio Rosas. Uh, you can find him online at mostlypeaceful.live. Uh, check out his Substack as well. I'll let him give you the information for that. Also, he is the author of Mostly Peaceful. Uh, but I brought Julio on because we have, uh, honestly, guys, this this isn't a crisis at the border. This is a strategy uh, that's occurring at the border, as I talked about in my opening monologue. Uh, and uh, so I wanted to bring Julio Rosas on because he's been at the border. He's an independent journalist. He's spent a lot of time there. So Julio Rosas, welcome to the Carl Jackson Show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Julio, could you could you could you help us out here? I, you, you've been to the border multiple times this i mean the, the border issue isn't getting any better and as a matter of fact it's getting worse we've recorded some record high numbers uh, just in the last couple of weeks here we have a large uh, illegal uh, migrant caravan uh, uh, coming into the u.s mexico border uh, as we speak i mean these numbers are insane what what do people what do you see on the ground that people like me that haven't been there might not understand the the, the, the smells, the amount of people coming at you. Uh, could you give us maybe a description of what it's like to actually be on the ground? I would just say it's overwhelming and it's very, it's weird because when you look at immigra- illegal immigration historically, right, even under democratic administrations, what comes to mind? Oh, it's people at night, trying to avoid border patrol, you know, whenever you see movies or TV shows, you see the border patrol the SUV pulling up and the people are hiding in the brush or they're hiding under a bridge or, you know, whatever. They're doing everything that they can to avoid being detected by, by border patrol or American law enforcement. And for the past, since basically January 20th, 2021, uh, it's been the complete opposite uh, where people in broad daylight and even even at the beginning of all this, people were still crossing either very early in the morning before sunrise or very late at night. Still trying to find Border Patrol, still trying to turn themselves in, at least the ones that want to be caught, because remember, there's still a large people, large amount of people who large number of people who don't want to be caught. Um, but now they're just doing it openly during the day. I mean, it's, it's so even, even now it's still so weird to, 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 to realize that pure people who, you know, don't necessarily have a legal right to enter our country. And they're just brazenly doing it in broad daylight with a bunch, you know, with sometimes news media cameras. Right? So um, that's just kind of how upside down everything is. And, and in some cases it's gotten so bad. I particularly remember in Yuma of 2021 in, in December, um, where border patrol agents were the ones hiding from the illegal immigrants because they they were unable 
to take in all these people because they're holding facility was so over capacity. So they were ordered to literally not patrol the border because if they see people, they have to take them into custody. And so if they don't see them, quote unquote, they don't have to take them into custody. So it's just, it's just, just the way I, as, as shocking and as overwhelming as it is, it's just, it's just weird. You, you know, man, that's a, it, it, it's funny that you say that, you know, oftentimes I've, uh, I've interviewed Tom Homan. Uh, I've interviewed man. I forget the gentleman that was in, uh, in Trump's administration. Mark. Uh, Mark Morgan. I forget his, his name escapes. Yes, Mark Morgan. Thank you so much. Uh, but you know, I've asked about the morale of the border patrol agents uh, when they're doing their job. But you know what? I've never thought to ask except when you just described it here, Julio. And again, I'm speaking to Julio Rosas. Uh, make sure you check him out. Mostly peaceful dot live. Mostly peaceful dot live. He is uh, the author of Mostly Peaceful, uh, and he's done. He's an independent journalist, and he's done. He's been on the border uh, lots, firsthand experience. Um, reporting directly from the uh, from the southern border, but one thing that I've neglected and I've not thought about asking, I know I, I don't think Julio is. W- w- what does what does it do for your psyche as a journalist being on the border? Typically, as a journalist, and and you're and you're a marine. I mean, former marine, but you're always a marine, right? So <laughs> so you're you're on the border. You're you're a journalist. You're you're breaking news and you're sharing news because typically I would think your hope would be, okay, I'm doing my job now uh, exposing what's happening at the border. Congress is going to do their job. I, I mean, that's what I would think if I was on the border. So what is it like being a journalist and you're like, I'm reporting this stuff. I'm doing all of this work. I'm, I'm collecting all of this data, all of this video, and I'm sharing it. And we have a United States government that doesn't seem to care about this at all. It, yeah, it, it's. It, I mean, I, and I'll say that the border patrol agents do have it much harder because they live it every day. I, you know, thankfully, I don't. I don't have to see it all the time. But yeah, when you, when you're on this big story, that is, I mean, it's not even like a deep investigative dive. It's it's literally just go there and you see what's happening. You report on it. It, it's very it, – I mean, yeah, it's demoralizing. It's demoralizing because you know that it doesn't end at the border, right? It, it's the second and third and fourth effects further within the country, and it, it's, you, it feels like at times you're just kind of the – Kind of the crazy guy with the end of the world sandwich board, on, you know, on the busy sidewalk, and no one's paying attention to you, right? And, and even though the threat and and the and the problem is is very real, um, and I would say that it was very similar on a different on a different level, but it's it's similar to how I felt covering all the BLM riots in 2020, where again, he's like, hey, here's a very big issue, it's not ending anytime soon. Um, and yet no one seems to want to actually do anything to prevent the violence that's spilling onto American streets. And so that's why I'm a little concerned about heading into next year with all the current protests that are happening. But, yeah, it's the same thing with the border where it, it's this giant problem. Uh, no, there are people who do care about it, but they're not the people in power who are actually able to do anything about it. And so, uh, you know, I've obviously come to definitely learn that. You know, you shouldn't really hope for the U.S. government to do anything about it, because if you're waiting on the government to do something, you're going to be waiting for a very long time. Um, and so I have to, I have to, you know, just shut off and, and, and I have to literally not think about it when I'm not there, because if I continue to do so, I'm going to lose my mind because it's, and and now it's hard. It's hard to even, because like I said, the border crisis 
extends further into the country and it's all it's happening all over uh, uh you know in all these different cities and all the problems that it's causing so um you, you know so but it's not to the point where you know i'm just forgetting about it and say okay you know i'm i'm, I'm done with it because like i said it's it's a very important issue it's it's uh, it's, it's, it is a, it is a, something that I care deeply about, and you know, it's not just about me, but it's all about the the basically the forgotten Americans who live and work at the border. But because you know these aren't big cities, these aren't you know the typically the people that politicians pay attention to, uh, you know, they're 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 left to themselves, and so they 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 appreciate the coverage, they appreciate you know the work that myself, Bill Illusion, Ali Bradley, Jorge Ventura are, are doing to try to raise awareness about this because. Um, e- even let's say, you know, a Republican takes back the white house in 2024, the effects of just these four years on just this one issue is going to be with us for decades. Hi everyone. If you've been injured in an accident, that was not your fault. Listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening, who should call right now? Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. You, you know, and, and that's that's such a great point. We have uh, just two and a half minutes remaining in this uh, block, uh, Julio. But, uh, but I, I sit here and I think I'm like, whether it's a, a Trump, more than likely, or a DeSantis uh, that gets uh, that gets in in 2024, uh, we we've not experienced illegal immigration at this level. And let's say even Trump gets in, if if he were to get in, he's he's a one-term president. Democrats obviously want this crisis. It's not a crisis, in my opinion. It's a strategy. I, I, I do. You, do you think that we can clean this up? I know Tom Holman said uh, we're going to deport every single one. I, I just don't think it's going to be that easy because you have a bunch of Marxists that are literally infiltrated in the government. So part of your fight is going to be trying to get rid of them and then trying to implement strategies and policies that many of them don't want to implement. Right. Exactly. And it's not even just kind of the the you know, deep state, so to speak, that's going to be fighting against that. But it's also just the fact that, and this is something that not a lot of people are talking about, we're going to have a whole nother generation of DACA. Um, there's so many kids yeah. who are being brought over young, you know, young kids that are being brought over with their families. Um, and, you know, that are like, take the ones from 2021. So they've already been here for two years going on three, going to be four. Um, so there, you, you can bet that all the immigration rights groups and NGOs, they're going to be filing lawsuits on their behalf. And then we're going to have a whole other fight when it comes to ju- just on that particular subset. But then, and then, and then on top of that, you have, you know, technically they're not illegal once they get processed into the United States. Um, that, that's one of the issues because we said, we'll just deport them if they're here legally. But the thing is, is that they're kind of not, they, ha- they do have a quote unquote, you know, ability to stay here to prove, to go through their asylum claims 
And so you're just going to have a whole other legal battle that's going to go along with that. So that's what I'm saying, that it's going to be with us for a very long time because it's not just as simple as saying, we'll just deport them. It's it's It depends on the country that they're from. It depends on how they got in. It depends on a lot of different things. So, yeah, this is – Trump or DeSantis or whoever is going to have a very difficult time uh, to, to clean up this if, if uh, Republican takes back the White House. Man, this is such a great point. A new generation of DACA, uh, only 20 seconds left before we're out in this uh, this block here, uh, uh, Jorge. But uh, yeah, this this concerns me. This concerns me greatly. I mean, the demographic shift of the United States is going to be just absolutely insane come election time. Your take 10 seconds left. Yeah, no, it's it's this is one of the biggest issues. And as I've always said, that this was Biden's first crisis and it is self-inflicted. Again, I'm I'm saying that this isn't a crisis. Uh, this is a this is a strategy. And Julio, I I, I want to talk to you about that because you you opened up my uh, my eyes in the in the first block that you were with us. And you know we're gonna have a whole new generation of uh, of DACA, if you will, re- recipients. Um, and so it's not going to be as easy as some people say uh, to get rid of a lot of the illegal migrants that are coming into the country right now, just because a lot of these things will be tied up in court uh, in the court system and perhaps for uh, for years. Um, so let me let me ask you about this. I I think this is a strategy. I think this is a strategy. In, in my opinion, this is um, the Clower Piven strategy, if you will, to overwhelm overwhelm the system you get a bunch of people on welfare you get a bunch of people that are uh you know uh not assimilated into the country don't love the country uh like you and i uh like you and i do don't respect the laws uh, like you and i do and you get a perpetual or a permanent basically uh you know underclass and this is what the democrat party wants in my opinion and so there is no motivation no matter what any of us say to close this border down what do you what do you say to the, to that Absolutely. Like I was saying, uh, uh, the last block was that this is self-inflicted and and this is very much on purpose. The the Biden administration knows all the problems that this is causing. And if they really wanted to stop it, they they would take pretty concrete steps to to do anything about it. And if you hear with what uh, even the the Demo- you know Mayor Brandon Johnson or or Eric Adams they they're not necessarily asking for the Biden administration to close the border. Um, they're more asking just for more. They just ask. They just want money. They just want more money so that they can do. They can uh, better absorb kind of the the impact that that people are arriving. Uh, and so the, the demo. Yeah. So this is this is very deliberate. Um, I, I I think this is the way they try to get a new block of voters so that they can pass amnesty and say we gave you amnesty, so vote for us. I mean, it's and so this isn't some fringe conspiracy. This isn't just some right, you know, right, racial thing. It's like no, this is blatantly obvious. Democrats themselves have tried to have admitted in the past to say like, yeah, we want we want this so that we can we can you know capture that that voting block. And and look, I'll give them credit. That is a smooth that is a smooth and <laughs> tactic on the, on their part because they're they're, they're saying that uh, that it's not happening when they are very obviously trying to do it. So. Um, I, I, uh, beyond that, I don't know why that they want this to happen. Um, there, there's really no other explanation for it because, you know, they say that they're for immigrants. They say that they're, you know, again, you know, they, they're for protecting these people when one of the biggest reasons why I'm against illegal immigration is because the people who suffer the most initially are the illegal immigrants themselves when they have to hand themselves over to the cartels and human smuggling and all the atrocities that happen 
uh, on the way on the way north. And it's like, wh- why would you allow that to happen? The, the human trafficking, the sex trafficking, the child sex trafficking that has exploded um, as a result of all this. I mean, it's horrific. Why would anyone want this? And Democrats, they 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 want voters, and so that to them, that is a price that that they're that they're willing to have other people pay so they can have power. You know what's uh, it, it's amazing that you uh, that you say that Julio because uh, I think the Republican Party they just I, I don't understand why we say this every election cycle and then it's always true for the next election cycle but their messaging their messaging stinks I understand except for the power of the purse which I think they should be utilizing uh, you know a, a whole lot better than uh, than they are I, I I don't understand why they don't get in front of this issue and start uh, stringing at the hearts of uh, of Americans as well making this uh, making this an emotional issue I've had on an, another independent journalist a young lady by the name of Arden Young and she's been exposing what's happening at Pornhub and saying how they're making money off of people that are being trafficked literally on on their website and and they're like yeah we know what's happening blah 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 and I, and I'm just sitting here man we don't know what what uh what older you know women and and young children are going through not I mean let alone what they have to experience just crossing through the rough terrain with these Mexican cartels why is it that the Republican party in your opinion just can't seem to get a cohesive message beyond just the borders are invaded yes that speaks to the base, but obviously a lot of people must not be listening. I, I think it's just, I think it's just what happens with DC politics. I mean, I, I unfortunately lived in that area for six years and that was four years too many. Um, and it's just, <laughs> it, it's just, it's, it's a bubble. I mean, it's a bubble and sure. I mean, there, there's certain levels to it. Obviously the media and the Democrats are on a different level, but because to me, one of the, one of the biggest, you know, indicators of just how bad things are is that the, the Republican caucus can't even in the House can't even get enough votes to impeach Secretary Mayorkas. And that's something that the base wants 100 percent, nearly 100 um, percent. Sure, it might not get anywhere in the Senate because, you know, OK, fine, whatever. But, you know, at least at least follow through on that. You said you said you were going to do that. So, OK, follow through on that. And then, OK, fine. We had some things with the speaker fight and all this other stuff. It's like, OK, so we got new leadership, te- you know, technically. And so. Like just just do something about it. That that's what Republican voters want. So why can't you? And, and of course, you know that's just one issue that that House Republicans just can't seem to really, uh, you know, have any sort of follow through on. And so I think it's just the fact that that, that there's apathy. There's just that like oh we know better than than our voters, and, and it's just typical. It's just it's just it's just typical, you know, politician thinking. And obviously there's exceptions to that, but. It's just that when you when you have this sort of mindset that that just politicians in general just seem to have about you know like it, we don't care we don't really it doesn't really matter well then yeah then you're gonna have this and so uh, that's why and, and I know it's cliche to say I know it's a meme but I, I just can't stress enough for just how important this next election is and how you know if you know let's say Biden or whatever Democrat remains in the White House I just cannot see this country being even remotely the same when it comes to the border being as open it is now for another four years. And that, and again, that's just one issue. It doesn't even talk that's about the economy. It doesn't even talk about for, foreign policy. So um, this is this is a very important election, and it's a, it's a definitely a make or break. You know, and it, it's important that you say that and I look at the uh, 2024 election. And uh, we you know, obviously there's a presidential primary 
I, I figure it'll be it'll either continue after Iowa or it'll pretty much end after Iowa. Uh, de, you know, whether depending on whether or not these polls uh, are uh, are accurate, I don't necessarily believe them, uh, but I do believe that Trump is way ahead. So we'll see how that that shakes out. Uh, but but I'm thinking of 2024. I'm like the White House isn't enough. You're going to have to have some strong leadership uh, in Congress and you know the House of Representatives. Uh, you're going to have to take back the Senate uh, as as Republicans and they've been lackluster with the exception of a handful of conservative uh you know mainstays in the senate that are always the names that are you know i uh, on the news or or fighting the battle seemingly uh, this this is absolutely this just scares the crud out of me to be honest with you Julio talk about listen the way that the you you said it best how the elections are are actually how the, the country won't be the same i think about schools I think about how they're going to be flooded. Teach, uh, people are going to get, a, you know, not as great of an education because the classrooms are going to be flooded. Not to mention you're going to have to hire a bunch of people that are bilingual, crime, medical care. Just talk about some of the basic stuff that I think a lot of Americans probably don't think about when it comes to illegal immigration and how it's going to impact them as American citizens and tax. Yeah, I mean, just on the healthcare issue alone, I mean, Eagle Pass, uh, you know, Maverick County is not exactly a wealthy county in Texas, and uh, their their main hospital has had to foot the bill. Uh, last time I last time I checked, um, it was close to a million dollars, and that's a lot for a county like that. And but again, these people aren't staying in Eagle Pass or Maverick County; they're going further in. Um, when it comes to when it, and again, when it comes to their needs, you know, a lot of these people they are coming from third world countries that don't have the same healthcare as much like we like to. Uh, slag on our healthcare system. It's, it is much better than large parts of the world. And so these people are coming over with very serious problems that require long-term care. And if they, they, since hospitals cannot refuse people, you know, for walk-ins, they, 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 they require, you know, they require like heart transplants. They're requiring, you know, just uh, the amount of pregnancies and the complications and all that and all the costs that are associated with that. I mean, it, it's crazy what hospitals are having to do to foot the bill for people that probably aren't going to pay them back or at least pay them back in full um, if they're lucky. So uh, just just on that, and then, yes, you're right. I mean, New York City, uh, the, the, it's completely inundated with, with all these children that are coming in now. And, and again, you're talking about bilingual. Uh, it's not even people who are coming from Latin American countries anymore. It's people coming from all over the world. So I, I, I just it, it's so just true. it's just so crazy with how – Again, the second, third, fourth effects. Like, sure, if you don't live on the border, it doesn't matter. The border's coming to you. Man, that is such a great point, and you're right. I said bilingual. Texas is doing something that I want I want to talk about with you. Texas has arrested thousands at the U.S.-Mexico border, um, and the state has expanded its power. But I'm like, could we not have done this sooner? I mean, may, maybe there's something uh, that, uh, that I'm missing because you're right. This border – uh, a crisis or this open border strategy is coming to a city near you. Uh, Julio, before we go on, just real quickly, MostlyPeaceful.live. Tell people where they can go to find you. Uh, and also the author of the book, Mostly Peaceful. Just remind people where that title came from, if you don't mind. Yeah, so Mostly Peaceful is my, uh, MostlyPeaceful.live is my Substack, and then my book, Fiery, but Mostly Peaceful. Um, it, it all sends back to, to the 2020 BLM riots. Um, I was in Kenosha covering the riots that were happening there. Uh, I woke up the next morning and I saw people were posting that CNN Chiron that said fiery, but mostly peaceful protest in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And I'm thinking at first I thought, wow, that's a really good Photoshop. 
because I, you know, I, it was just, it was just a screenshot, but then someone posted the video. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And, and, and so it was, it, you know, CNN is, is definitely uh, not a fan of any of their work, but that, that obviously I, I kind of co-opted that, that, that gaff and because it, it was, it was quintessential, basically the, the very distillation of just how horrible the media was covering uh, all those riots back then. You know, and it's so funny because every once in a while I'll run across those clips on my feed to this day and I can't help but to crack up and laugh. But I should probably be crying, Julio, because uh, you you touched on this earlier in, in the show. Uh, but what we experienced in 2020, I mean, I, again, the, the federal government did absolutely nothing uh, about the. Um, you know, and, and, and listen, I, 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 I love Trump, but, but, but I didn't, I, I'll be frank. I didn't get that. I'm afraid that those type, that type of violence could erupt again. Here, here's what I'm concerned about. I don't think people would take it as, uh, as lightly as they did in 2020. So I'm co- very concerned that things could get completely out of hand. And then we have Biden or whomever is running the white house and the administration whom basically Antifa, BLM, and all of these kind of people are essentially, in my opinion, uh, basically the brown shirts for the for the Democrat Party. Yeah, and and what what's been happening at our border is very just similar to just the overall just slow decline and degrading of what our country you know used to be, right? And and when when you look at the you know the lack of policing in the inner cities, it's basically the same thing as the lack of policing in um at our border right and and it, it just it, it's it's very similar it, 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 i mean the the term anarcho is is what comes to mind so you know what 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 i see happening on our border is very similar to what's happening in our cities when it comes to you know security of our elections and and you know there there's just no confidence in anything there's no there's not there's nothing that is seemingly there you know the the guardrails and the safeguards that you you think would be in place are are no longer there and it's just kind of you know a free for all and it's just you know whoever who you know the, those in power are going to protect themselves and the rest of the people can go you know can do whatever um, so that, that's why when people, especially at the very beginning, when people are like, ah, oh, it's just the border, you know, you know, it's just Republicans fear mongering. It's like, no, this is a very serious issue because when you have, uh, I mean, it's the same exact thing with the border patrol being demoralized and under, and understaffed. This is the same exact thing with, with any of the major cities that are dealing with, um, obviously a diff, kind of a different, uh, different cause, different, you know, different effects, but it's, it's all one the same. And again, it's all very deliberate. It's all very, it, it, uh, when I was going through boot camp, my, my journal instructors would tell us, um, as, as chaotic and as jarring and as stressful as the training regimen was, there was a method to the madness. And what we're seeing now, especially with the pro Hamas, uh, rallies and protests in here in the States, there is a method to the madness with that. And, and, and the same thing with our border, same thing with a lot of other things with foreign policy and all that. Um, and it's obviously nothing good, but it, it's just, it, that, that's just the way I see it. When, when you're on the ground and, and you, you get to see all these stuff firsthand, you, you, kind, you can kind of, kind of see through the fog and you kind of see through the, the kind of the obfuscation and you see like, no, yeah, there, there, there are some driving forces behind this that want the chaos, that want all this kind of disorder. Uh, that's a that's a great point. Are you able to, when you were on the ground, 
in, in, in these areas, are, are you able to kind of sniff out, if you will, or spot out what appears to be, you know, maybe some of the, maybe some of the phonies, maybe some of the organizers, I shouldn't say phonies, that's the wrong word, but perhaps the organizers where, where you're like, okay, uh, this is clearly strategic. This is clearly a plan. This is clearly people are being paid, so on, et cetera. It, 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 was there clear, uh, you know, a clear discernment, if you will, on the ground where you could see that? Well, I mean, I'll give you an example. So in what, you know, in DC, there's a lot of protests, right? I mean, so, you know, some large, some very small. Um, and especially in, tw- especially in 2020, um, you know, when the riots largely died down for that particular area, there were still protests going on. And uh, I would see a lot of the same people at all these things. And of course, I'm thinking, well, how do you have a job? Like, what do you do outside of this? Because, you know, my job, the reason why I'm noticing this, is because it is my job to be out here. I'm paid to be out here. So how are you able to, especially the a expensive city like Washington, D.C., how are you able to protest full time nearly? Um, and and there is one there's one woman in particular that, that I, I, I've been seeing since 2019, since like the first impeachment of Trump. Wow. Um, and she uh, she came down to Miami when I was covering when Trump came down to the federal courthouse for the first time for, for, for that case, I saw her in Miami. I'm thinking like, you know, travel is expensive these days with inflation and all that. How are you able to come down here just for this? And then go, I mean, so yeah, you just, you just kind of notice, notice these things. And then, and, and, and again, that's just one subgroup. And then it doesn't even touch on all the, uh, again, the Palestinian protests and those organizers. Um, there, there's this one group called within our lifetime, that organizes basically all the New York City ones, and they are out every single day. I'm like, I'm not even. They just they just posted on their Instagram an emergency protest for later today. So I'm just thinking, how are you able to support yourselves, wow. especially again, especially in an expensive city like New York City? Um, so yeah, that, that's why it's, it's just not some fringe conspiracy. That like, no, there there are some driving forces behind this that that just obviously want the chaos, but also because they do support with what they're doing. Obviously it's not just they're. but who right. knows? They could, they could be useful idiots or whatever, but um, obviously there, there's some, uh, obviously there's stuff that's organic stuff that's spontaneous, but with, that's why I'm concerned with heading into this year when it comes to political violence, because 2020 really showed them how far they were able to take it and how much they were able to get away with. And there hasn't been accountability. If you're January 6th, okay, accountability is coming towards you. You know, the, sure. you know, the hammer's yeah. going to fall, hammer's going to fall down on you. But if you, you know, I don't know, let's say you set a store on fire and kill a guy, you, you know, because you were doing a BLM protest, you know, the DOJ is going to be like, well, actually we'll, we'll reduce the sentence because his heart was in the right place, which, and that, that case actually happened, by the way, I'm not making that up. That actually happened. The guy set a store on fire, killed somebody. And they said, well, DOJ said, well, you know, we'll give him a few, we'll give him a little less time just because he was protesting for a good cause, which is absolutely insane. Um, so yeah, the, 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 far, the far left is organized. The far left is energized. They're going to use the border. They're going to use all these different issues to, to really drive a wedge and, and cause at the very minimum, at the very minimum, just cause disorder um, to, to kind of further, further agenda. When, when people say, oh, well, why are they blocking traffic or why are they protesting at these Christmas events? You know, they're not going to convince anybody. They're not trying to convince anybody. They're actually, they're, they're just flexing their muscle. They're just showing off of how much wow. they're able to get away with because Great they know point. that those in power are not going to do anything about it. And so it's kind of to them, it's like, well, what are you wow. going to do about it? 
Wow, so, man, that is a great point. Such a such a great insight. We only we only have a couple minutes uh, a couple minutes left. And you know, it just quickly reminds me too. Oh, fascist Fauci, Doctor Anthony, uh, Doctor Anthony Fauci. The whole thing with the uh, with the COVID COVID lockdowns. I, I, I mean, anyway, listen. I, I'll go off on a tangent on that. We only have a couple minutes left. Let me get to this Texas. <laughs> let me get to this Texas issue. I said I wanted to talk to you about that. Texas has arrested thousands at the U.S. Mexico border as state expands powers to arrest migrants. This is a Fox News headline. Texas authorities have arrested nearly 10,000 migrants who illegally crossed the U.S. Mexico border under a new arrest and jail operation aimed at deterring illegal immigration. Uh, Julio, why couldn't they have done this uh, sooner? This this doesn't make any any sense to me. Oh, and just real quickly, the point I was making with Fauci was he was like, hey, it's OK to protest, um, you know, BLM or, you know, social justice, even when COVID is out. So uh, 2024 isn't a isn't a lockdown uh, at all for Republicans. But respond to this Texas, uh, this Texas uh, issue here. So I understand the the kind of criticisms, uh, you know, being with you know against Abbott and his handling of the border. The, the, what I have to remind people is that the problem is you're you're trying to have a state address a federal issue. Immigration falls under federal jurisdiction. That I mean, that's that's their role, that's their job. Obviously, it's a problem when the federal government doesn't want to actually do anything about it. And so what we've seen is that you know Texas is trying to do seconds, the best best that they can, um, but it's. They, they can only do so much because if they do something that the federal government doesn't like, which is often, the federal government just has more power than than the state does, and they're going to say, "Nope, you can't do that." So I think it's I think it just ultimately just comes down to legal issues. Oh my goodness! Anyway, Julio Rosas is his name. Mostly Peaceful Live. Uh, check him out. Also, the author of Mostly Peaceful, Julio Rosas. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.